You're listening to the podcast version of Unnecessary Roughness from LVSportsNetwork.com, brought to you by Porta Subs. It's Unnecessary Roughness, presented by the Jewelers of Las Vegas. He searches, honestly, daily for ways to improve himself and improve himself in all the areas that he's working on. Snap, back to pass, pressure again off the edge, and he's set for the safety! Crosby and Nichols, they met in the end zone, they squished him to the turf, and the Raiders defense has that safety! This is Unnecessary Roughness. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Here's your boy Q. Q. And there you had it, right there. That was basically what sealed the deal, what won the game for the Silver and Black on Sunday against the Patriots. I know there was a few seconds left on the clock after that, and the Patriots had to kick the ball. Hunter Renfro fair caught the punt, and then the Raiders were able to kneel it out, and the game was over. But uh, that safety right there, Bilal Nichols, and of course Max Crosby sealed the deal for the Silver and Black, improving their overall record to 3-3 three and three on the season. And now, officially on Wednesday, October 18th, we turn our attention to Week 7 of the NFL as uh, the Raiders will be in Chicago on Sunday taking on the Bears. This is Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. My man Ari is in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio making things go as he does each and every day. We definitely appreciate him. And I'm in the home studio. Studio Q is what I like to call it. Of course, it's being powered by the Jewelers of Las Vegas. Shout out to my guy Mordecai. All the fine folks over there do a great job. So if it's jewelry you need, is jewelry they have. Check out the Jewelers of Las Vegas as we do each and every day. We have a big-time show lined up for you. Very excited about the guests that we have. Excited to be able to spend the next three hours with you. And uh, as I said, spend the th- next three hours with you. So that means that you get to contribute on the show as well. Of course, we've got the don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword r and the phone lines as well, 702-365-9200. Always want you to be a part of the show. Uh, I did have a couple more little sound bites from the Raiders locker room that we had left over, one from Josh Jacobs and one from Trayvon Merrick that I wanted to try to sprinkle in the into the show but if not there's one chance that we don't and that's if Vinny Bonsignor actually sends us over some locker room sound from today uh, obviously I'm not at the practice facility right now I was there earlier today when head coach Josh McDaniels talked but Vinny's over there right now he's actually at practice he's actually observing what's going on in practice so he's not the guy that's million 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 miles away in his mother's basement tweeting about who's at practice and who isn't so Vinny's actually there and he's going to be, uh, you know, he's going to be sending some stuff over from the uh, the locker room, I do believe. And, of course, Vinny will join the show tomorrow af- afternoon, as he always does. But, uh, yes, so anyone who was probably wondering what the hell is Q talking about, yes, Devontae Adams was at practice. Vinny put out earlier that he didn't see Devontae at, at practice. He tweeted that out. Then one minute, 60 seconds later, he tweeted, yes, he is out here, in fact. And then, of course, there's people that, again, are just trying to stir stuff up that are tweeting right now, oh, there's reports out there saying Devontae's not there. Okay, again, Vinny corrected himself immediately when he, uh, you know, when he saw Devontae was, in fact, out there. But to Vinny's credit, he is out there, where others are not just reading tweets and basically trying to uh, judge, the, you know, basically make themselves sound like they're out there when, in fact, they're not. And really, it shouldn't even be a big deal. But since it caught like wildfire, it became a big deal. So I just wanted to go ahead and put that small wildfire out as we started the show. So uh, there you go. So, uh, yes, Devontae Adams did, in fact, practice today. Uh, now, Jimmy Garoppolo did not. 
right? That was something that Josh McDaniels told us earlier this morning that, yeah, he was not going to practice and neither was Nate Hobbs. Nate Hobbs, I'm assuming, uh, we haven't been told 100% that he's dealing with a high ankle sprain, but I'm assuming that that's what it is. He just he hasn't been there uh, for a while now. He hasn't been available, and Coach McDaniels said he's trying to work through, through some things, and that's about the extent of the, uh, you know, the, the report that he's going to give us as far as Nate Hobbs and his injuries. The good thing is a guy like Tyler Hall has stepped up, a guy like Amik Robertson has stepped up. Of course, they're still working Ja'Cory and Bennett back into the mix, so they have some guys there, but I think it would be nice to see a guy like Nate Hobbs uh, out there and available as well, but doesn't sound like he's going to practice and probably won't practice this week. Again, we'll we'll observe the next couple days, but he might not even practice at all this week, and if he doesn't, then I'm sure he won't go on Sunday either. But speaking of guys that are at the Intermountain Health Performance Center, guys that are actually reporting on what they're seeing at practice, Vic Tafer from The Athletic, he'll join us in about 10 minutes, about 2.15, he'll join us. He'll kick off the opening drive, and then he'll actually go into the locker room and talk to some of the players as well. So like I said, we'll probably get some sound from Vinny, uh, but we'll have Vic Tafer join us coming up at 2.15 just to give us his thoughts on the Raiders as they're sitting there at 3-3, three and three, what he's seen from the defense. I know he's been doing some writing on tight end Michael Mayer, so we'll get his thoughts on on him and what he thinks this whole Jimmy Garoppolo situation does he think it's going to be a a one week type situation a multiple week type situation and what's his gut feeling with who's going to be under center on Sunday versus Chicago Bears whether it be you know Aiden O'Connell or Brian Hoyer or the long shot that it could be a Jimmy Garoppolo but without him practicing today I would say it's a very long shot that he's actually out there on Sunday. Then at 3 o'clock, Courtney Cronin from ESPN, our good friend. She'll join us. She covers the Chicago Bears like a glove. She is fantastic. She does a great job covering the Bears. She does a great job on ESPN. A lot of times she's on uh, Around the Horn. She's on all these different shows. Sometimes she's on First Take. Sometimes she's on Get Up, whatever the case may be. She does a fantastic job. I actually do some radio shows with her as well at times. And uh, she'll join us at 3 o'clock to talk about those Chicago Bears. Let us know about the backup quarterback situation as it doesn't look like Justin Fields is going to be playing. Uh, for the most part, what I saw from her reporting uh, that as she was there at practice, uh, her reporting says that uh, Justin Fields or Matt Eberflus is basically uh, preparing the team like Justin Fields is not going to go on Sunday. So we'll get all things Chicago Bears with Courtney Cronin from ESPN coming up at 3 o'clock. Then at 4 o'clock, we had scheduled Paloma Villacana from Fox 5 Sports to talk some UNLV and some Aces like she always does, but she's feeling a little under the weather, so no worries. We'll give her the day off, so she's not going to join us at 4, but we have Krista Blunk. She will join us coming up at 3.30. We'll push her up a little bit. She'll join us at 3.30. She's the Aces play-by-play voice for TV. Uh, Her and Carolyn Peck do a great job all year long, all season long, so she'll join us at 3.30 as this is a big game for the Aces. Uh, This is game four against the New York Liberty. They're in NYC. The Liberty are down two games to one, but the Aces have no Chelsea Gray. They have no no Kia Stokes, right? So all of a sudden, two of their big-time players are not going to be available as they're trying to close out the Liberty. And, oh, by the way, the Liberty are a really good team. (laughs) Really good team. Now, don't get me – don't get me wrong. The Aces have a lot of talent, but we don't have your point guard, or I should say your point god, then that's, that's, that's a problem, right? Chelsea Gray, uh, uh, she is her, right? She makes everything go as far as that uh, Aces offense goes. Of course, Asia Wilson is fantastic. You know what Jackie Young can bring to the table. Of course, uh, Kelsey Plum is there as well. I mean, they've got plenty of talent. Alicia Clark, I mean, I can go on and on. They've got pl- uh, plenty of talent, but Chelsea Gray is her. She, she is the engine. She is, like uh, Asia Wilson described her, uh, the head of the snake. She is what makes everything go. And so she's out. She has a foot injury. She's actually, uh, you know, kind of going around the, the court right now. Or earlier today, they had shoot around. She was going around the court on a scooter and her foot in a boot. So uh, it's not looking good for the Aces in this game four. And if they lose this game four, gut feeling tells me that they're going to. But, 
you know, they got to obviously play the game. It tips off at 5 p.m. Pacific time. Uh, you know, if they do lose game four, then the game five, the final game of the series for everything, for the championship, will be on Friday back here in Las Vegas. So, boy, I don't want to see I don't want to see a game five for the Aces and Liberty. I really don't. But, you know, hopefully they're healthy, both uh, Chelsea and Kia, if they do have to have a game five, and they're able to seal the deal at home. That would be a little bittersweet for the Aces to get it done at uh, Michelob Ultra Arena and, of course, the home fans being able to uh, enjoy them uh, them win a championship. But it's going to be tough. It's going to be a tough out, that's for sure. So that's the guest that we have lined up on the show, Vic Tafer in a matter of minutes, Courtney Cronin from ESPN at 3 o'clock, and Krista Blanc, Aces play-by-play voice coming up at 3.30. Of course, we'll have uh, some uh, more sounds from head coach Josh McDaniels as he met with us earlier today. So we'll have a few sound bites that I want to bring to the table. If Vinny sends over some locker room sound, we'll have that as well. And of course, we want to want to go ahead and throw the question out there. So we'll actually get into the opening drive when Vic joins us. But I did have a show topic, a show question that i like to bring to the table each and every day. And look, I, I threw this question out there. I threw this topic out there probably, I don't know, three, maybe four weeks ago or maybe even before the season, right, when there was a whole lot of not knowing what this Raiders season was going to look like or what the expectations were for this season or what a successful season would even look like. Well, now you're six weeks in, right? This is where, like I said, we're turning the page to week seven. Chicago Bears are up next. Now I want to know, what would you consider a successful season? Like at this point, the Raiders are three and three. You know they've got 11 games left guaranteed. If they have any more games, that's because they went out there and earned it. But what is it that you'd like to see this team accomplish? And what would you consider this as a successful season this year? Because I know some people don't want to see a whole lot of success as far as wins and losses because they'd rather have their draft stock go up. I'm not that guy. I'm not in that category. Like, I want to see wins, 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 and more wins like I'm DJ Khaled. That's what I want to see. I want to see a bunch of wins. But I know that that's not where everyone's mind's at. Some people want to see young guys develop. I mean, there's so many different angles you can go. And some people just want to be like me and, and, and see the team win games, you know, win 9, 10, 10 games and have an opportunity to sneak into the playoffs as a wild card. Ideally for me, that would be a, a successful season. That would be great. You know, get to 9, 10 wins right around there. Find a way to get to 9 or 10, which is going to be very difficult, right? I mean, that's 8 wins and you only got 11 games left. So I know that that's a super tall task. But I would like to see them get, get in, in that range. You know, 8, 9, 10 wins is great. You know, that, that would be fantastic. And at the same time, some younger dudes develop it. Some, some people want to see a guy like Aiden O'Connell or a guy like Trey Tucker or a guy like Tyree Wilson or any of the young guys that they, they drafted, you know, be immediately thrown into the, the heavy lifting part of the, you know, of the mix and just go, 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 try to build, build, build. Uh, you know, take your lumps if you have them and then, Worry about the draft stock and worry about maybe your quarterback of the future, right? I mean, we know what it, what it, what it all comes down to when it comes to the quarterback position. So uh, I throw the question out there to you. You know, what would you consider a successful season? What is it you'd like to see this team accomplish the rest of the way as they have 11 games guaranteed? They're sitting there at 3-3. Three and three. They found a way to get to 500 with the last two wins in a row, and they have a very winnable game coming up on Sunday against the Chicago Bears. So uh, let's go ahead and uh, hit us up at 69187 keyword R&R or 702-365-9200. Before we get to Vic Tafer from The Athletic, we'll get one quick call in from Hardcore Raider. What's on your mind, Hardcore? Welcome to the show. Thank you. Hope you're, uh, hopefully you're doing good. Yes, sir. For me, a successful season is to uh, make the playoffs and win a playoff game. But, you know, I don't want to have unrealistic expectations, but at the mm-hmm. same time with the Super Bowl in Vegas, that's to me always <laughs> been what should be the ultimate goal. Like, right, I've right. Been a little little frustrated. Uh, 
let my emotions get the best of me, so I apologize for that at times. But, you know, for me, when I look at the, you know, we could have the Chiefs come into our stadium, get their fourth Super Bowl uh, victory in our house. And, you know, for us to wait this long to get a stadium, 63 or 60 years and 63 years to have a Super Bowl in our stadium, I think the coaching staff, like, I don't want to say they don't, but I just feel like maybe when they're in a more longer-term goal, a three- to five-year plan, uh, I, I'd i like to go all in, like right now, you know, like before the trade deadline, do whatever it takes so we can have a team that at least make a run at the playoffs because anything is possible at the playoffs. Let's right. not forget, the Patriots have had bad teams, and all they did was get hot right before the end of the season. Right. So that's all we really got to do is get this thing together, have enough wins to make the playoffs, and then it's really any, anybody's show. You just got to be hot when it counts, and that's really the playoffs. You know, everybody that you know goes around with a sweatshirt or a T-shirt that says, like, NFC champs or AFC champs, well, guess what? All that T-shirt means is that you lost the Super Bowl. So, for me, <laughs> that should be the ultimate goal. It might be unrealistic, but you know what? I'm not giving up hope because I feel like we have the team. We have enough pieces in place to at least improve, make the playoffs, and then we'll see, it. We'll see how it happens. And, you know, I, I, I would love for the Raiders, like, and Aiden O'Connell to get some playing time. But at this point, to me, it's just like – do whatever it takes to just win. And when we go into this game, let's just not let make this other quarterback, whoever this guy is, yeah. look like a Nick Mullins. Right. I mean, there's been too many years over the last 20 years where, you know, quarterback no-name comes in and we make him look like the next Patrick Mahomes. So, for, for the love of God, please, Raiders, just do not make this quarterback look like some super stud because I've seen it for the last 20 years, and I'm just tired of it. I'm tired of overlooking guys, and they end up, like, falling on us. Let's shut this team down, and let's keep these victories going. Appreciate you. Keep up with the work. Hey, good stuff, good stuff. And, yeah, there's there's been a lot of no-name guys. Like you mentioned, Nick Mullins. I'll never forget that. It was, what, a Thursday night in Santa Clara, right, where he made uh, Paul Gunther's defense just look awful. It made him look like a Hall of Fame quarterback. I remember that. Uh, there's been a lot of them, right? There's been a lot of guys that came in with very low expectations, all of a sudden lit the Raiders up. And, you know, I don't hold anything that happened in the past against these guys because they're not responsible for that. But I know as a fan base – Oh, that's all we all reflect on is like, man, I remember that. Man, I remember that game. Yeah, that didn't go too good. I totally get it. Totally understand where you're coming from. And, you know, I, I'm I'm with you. I mean, like I said, I don't think that this team is uh, a, a really good team that's going to make a deep playoff run. But, look, the league is very – it's very all together right now. It's all in one pack. I, I kind of pointed it out yesterday how so many teams are there at 3-3 three and three or even less than three wins in the league. So there's a lot of parity across the league, just how the NFL wants it. So they want to keep every fan base engaged. So thank you, Hardcore, for that call. Let's go ahead and now, with that being said, jump into the opening drive. The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM is brought to you by Paul Padalaw. It's not about the injury. It's about the recovery. And kicking us off on the opening drive is our good friend Vic Tafer from The Athletic. And, Vic, thanks so much for your time. We definitely appreciate you. And you were there earlier when Coach McDaniels talked. He said that Jimmy wasn't going to practice today. He didn't give any kind of further evaluation of the injury or what's going on with him. What's your gut feeling tell you about Jimmy G and his availability for Sunday? Uh, my gut feeling is that he probably will not play. I think uh, I'm not sure there's a reason to really gamble. I think you can kind of uh, take a week off for the Bears. I'm very good. I think they should be able to win. Well, either Brian Hoyer or Aiden O'Connell. Is there anyone that you have, uh, you know, you're leaning towards that you think that they should start? That's a good question. I think mean, it's hard to say. I thought Hoyer did okay last week. I think that one pass to Trey Tucker may have been the best pass in the quarterback this season on the Raiders. I think it um, gives you a veteran presence. I think it'll come down to, like, we don't really know what the coaches thought about Aiden O'Connell's start against the Chargers. I mean, he had some good moments, some bad moments, probably held on to the ball too long. So, 
we'll find out exactly what the coaches thought about that performance based on who they choose uh, this weekend. You know, following the Patriots game, you had a chance to catch up with Michael Mayer. I was there talking with Michael Mayer with him as well. I know you got to write about him. What have you seen as far as his growth so far, his rookie year? Yeah, just the confidence. You can definitely see it. Like the first couple of games, he was really struggling, especially with his blocking. I thought it was pretty bad, but he's worked hard on that. He definitely can be a playmaker, I think, for him. Uh, a lot of yards after the catch. He uh, you know, obviously can run guys over, but also has some moves. Can juke a little guys. He was a big basketball player growing up in Kentucky, so he's got some moves. So, yeah, it's just his confidence. It's, it's kind of, you can see it growing every week. Do you think that with the confidence that grew in him, you're starting to see the players as well, and the quarterbacks in particular, obviously, have the confidence to get him the ball? Yeah, and probably more so on Josh McDaniels and the play calling. I think you have to get him involved early. Uh, Mayor said that as much that if you get him involved early, he, kind of gets, he feeds off that and he plays a lot better and more energetic, more kind of in, into the game and the rhythm. So getting him the ball early seems like a key thing for, for Josh to do this weekend. Vic Tafer is our guest from The Athletic here on Raider Nation Radio 920 and Necessary Roughness. Devontae only had a handful of targets against the Patriots. What do they have to do? To, do is it just a matter of trying to force feed him at times just to get him more involved in the offense? Yeah, I think so. I think, you know, you hear that word, like you said, force feeding. People think, oh, that sounds bad. That's not right. a good thing. But when you have a top five, you know, let's say top five receiver in the league, I mean, that's not a bad thing because he can make plays. He's always open. He can definitely adjust when the ball's in the air. He can, you know, high point you or make a, you know, block a guy's out for the catch and very skilled and a great hand. So I think in his case, forcing him the ball is not a bad thing. I think when you have that kind of guy, it's almost an obligation. You have to give him at least, I would say, almost eight, ten targets a week. That's kind of like a kind of a rule, and they have only given him nine the last two weeks. He's a little frustrated, and I'm sure that'll be a focus uh, this week. Yeah, and not to mention, he's also getting thrown all these medicine balls. I mean, I've never seen one wide receiver get lit up as much as I've seen Devontae get up this, this year, and that even goes back to training camp. Remember against the 49ers? He got lit up there, too. <laughs> yeah, and that's something that Jimmy did. I mean, O'Connell had that one pass where he got hurt against the Chargers. Definitely, I think, uh, if he has a vote, maybe he's won Brian Hoare this week. Who knows? But um, for sure, he's definitely not uh, – being treated right in some of these passes. What have you thought about the start to the season for the Raiders now that they're sitting there at 3-3? Three and three? I guess it's pretty good, right? I mean, I think we all knew they had a tough uh, opening schedule. I think I um, probably didn't realize how bad the Packers and Patriots are going to be. Those are two kind of, um, but not mostly easy games, but definitely teams that they should have wanted. The more talented team won those two games, and that's probably the same case this weekend against the Bears. So I think 4-3, and three, and you get the argument, we talk about confidence. The whole team's confidence is definitely growing, so it's a uh, it's all positive right now. The question I threw out to Raider Nation as we started the show was, what would you like to see the team accomplish the rest of the way? What do you think this team needs to accomplish the rest of the way? That's a great question. I guess it's been the problem all year long. Even the normally knew what the goal was. and then right. I still don't think the team's good enough to make the playoffs. I don't, I don't see that happening. I don't think the roster's that good. There's a lot of holes. Um, and obviously, defense is overachieved to this point, I would say. But I'm not sure they can win games on the stretch. And we have saw some of the quarterback problems they've had. So, yeah, I mean, uh, they're probably going to be like right where they were last year. You know, I mean, maybe a little couple more wins, maybe eight, nine wins, but I'm not sure what that gets you. No, I'm not sure what it gets you either. I mean, I think eight, nine wins, it'd be nice. It'd be nice to be close to pushing for, you know, a playoff spot. But, you know, as far as development of certain players, you know, is there certain guys that you look at that need to develop sooner rather than later, or is it just kind of see how they go? Yeah, I think obviously we want to see, you know, um, Wilson the He's had a hard start to the season. I think they say he's getting more experience, more comfortable, so hopefully he breaks through. And I think so far he has no no quarterback pressures. I mean, I think he has four pressures, no quarterback hits right. on the year, which is pretty bad for a guy who he got in the top ten of the draft. I think we saw Trey Tucker, explosiveness. That's the thing I want to see more of. I think he definitely deserves to have uh, 
more targets. And, you know, again, with him, you know, with Jacoby Myers, Devontae Adams, and Michael Mayer, that's pretty good. Uh, should be a good fortune for this offense to kind of take off to the next level. Yeah, it should be, right? And that's why going into the season, Vic, I didn't think there was going to be any problems with the offense. I thought, okay, the defense is going to struggle to, you know, complement this offense. But how surprised are you that this offense is not very good this year? I'm a little surprised. I think I mean, we all kind of maybe got um, you know, last, last year the O-line kind of overachieved. We all thought they'd probably be the same level this year, and they haven't been. They've all kind of taken a step back. I think we all probably didn't foresee Jimmy having as much trouble as he's having. He doesn't seem like he's comfortable. I'm not sure if it's the foot thing from the surgery of his rust, or, but he's definitely not uh, been the guy he thought he was going to be. So I think those two things have kind of held the offense back. The trade deadline comes up in less than two weeks. Do you see the Raiders being players uh, shipping guys out or bringing guys in? Yeah, they're kind of in a tough spot because I don't – I'm not sure what buying does you. I'm like, can you buy players enough players to make the playoffs? Right. I'm not sure you can. And if you sell guys, that's a really bad message for guys like Max Crosby who's killing himself and Josh Jacobs and Devontae Adams. So uh, it's a real tough spot. And my guess is they probably stand tight. I'm not sure there's the right answer in buying or selling, so maybe you do nothing. You know, and the thing is, we, and we've seen all the reports about Hunter Renfro. I feel like that that contract is almost just about impossible to trade. It's not impossible, but it just seems like it's difficult to trade. But then at the same time, Vic, they're not using him at all. That's crazy. I mean, he's making, what, is it, I think his cap number is $13 million this year. It's, <laughs> that's kind of nuts. But we all kind of saw it coming. I think when they drafted Tucker and they signed Andrew Carter, when the slot guy, you kind of saw the writing on the wall. I agree it might be hard to trade him, but all it's going to take is a, a team that's in contention and needs a slot guy. And the Raiders maybe take some of the salary off, off their hands. So I don't, I don't think it's impossible, but uh, it will be tough to move them, I think, on well, the deadline. Well, I'll tell you, the deadline comes up October 31st. It's Halloween, so October 31st, look out for that to see if there's any movement and shaking across the league. Well, as far as this game uh, against Chicago coming up on Sunday, it doesn't sound like Justin Fields is going to go. And we had Hardcore Raider called us earlier and said, don't let this be a Nick Mullins-type situation or one of those other situations where a quarterback that you've never heard of or, or hasn't had any experience comes in and lights the Raiders up. What are your thoughts on, on just what Chicago you know, has in front of them this Sunday against the Raiders? Yeah, I mean, before this week, I'd never heard of Taylor Bajan my whole life. I never heard of the school he went to, Shepherd College. I didn't know where So, not only that, I don't know where, he, I don't know where he's from. But, uh, yeah, they shouldn't lose to that guy. I mean, he didn't he came in last week, didn't look very good. I know he's got some athletic ability, can move a little bit in the pocket, but still, it's a very raw guy who played the Division Three last year. Mm-hmm. That'd be a really bad loss. So, I think the Philly Raiders just got to take care of business, try to run the ball, and uh, take care of you know, see what happens. Can, can they run the ball? Can they get 100 yards this game? <laughs> can they do it? So. I mean, they, they got to get to a lead, and they got to kind of you know, put in close their will. But I know Josh thinks are getting, Josh Jacobs is getting closer, and the other line uh, seemed like it was a little better last week in terms of, of, of moving the pocket and kind of giving him some time, some lanes to run in. So, again, this is the team we do it against. The Bears are not, are not good. They're one in, one in five, and most of those losses have been blowouts. Yeah, no doubt. The one win that they had over the Commanders at Thursday Night Football, that was uh, the night that Dick Budkiss passed away, and I couldn't believe that they played that well that night, but they did, picking up that victory. Well, finally, Vic, I know you're about to head into the Raiders' locker room. Uh, what, what, is there a goal? Is there a certain player or players that you want to talk to or you want to see the mood? What, what, is, you know, what are you looking for in the locker room today? That's a good question. I might poke around the quarterbacks, but they probably won't be there. They're smart. They'll probably yeah. hang out in the training room and play watch some TV and avoid the reporters, but uh, – Robert Spillane, I guess, is doing a little better. And Max Crowley, we talked about him, how the kind of uh, kindred spirits and the kind of guys who are leading the defense with their energy and the, the kind of uh, attitude. So maybe, uh, maybe Spillane. 
There you go. That'll work. Well, Vic, we definitely appreciate your time, my man. Uh, do what you do. Keep up the fine work. We definitely appreciate you this afternoon. All right, partner. Take care. All right, my man, there he goes. Vic Taper from The Athletic. Uh, great to catch him right before he heads into the Raiders locker room. And as I mentioned, uh, Vinny's going to go in the locker room. Tashawn Reed will be in there. Uh, multiple others will be in there as well. And as soon as we get some sound, most likely from Vinny, we'll get that uh, on the airwaves as well. want you to be able to hear. want to take you inside the Raiders locker room here on Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. So many thanks to him. Uh, I did want to hit a couple texts, and uh, we'll actually hit a call real quick as well. Uh, as a matter of fact, our quick call will come from Quick. Quick, welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother? Oh, uh, the following the infamous Vic Taper. I ain't no good. That's the infamous, you dig? So let me say this real quick. Uh, the times we have lost, we have lost like just it, it was clear. It was very, very clear that we lost the game. But the times that we have won this season have been full team wins. I like that. I like the change in that. Because when we've won in the past, it's been fluky, it's been goofy, it's been – but the last three times, if I'm not mistaken, three or two out of three at least, we've taken a knee at the end of the game. And to me, that is significant as a Raider fan. So, go Raiders. Let's pick it up. Josh McDaniels, we need that dog in you still. But <laughs> that's right, Raiders. I'm at your cue ball. appreciate you, Hey, man, great stuff. It's always great to hear from you. Uh, appreciate you as always. And, yeah, I mean, look. Just win. Just win the games that you're supposed to win, and then, you know, you do, the, you do your best that you can in the games that are going to be, you know, the tough ones, like the following week. And you can't look forward, can't start looking to Detroit, but you know that that's going to be the tough game, right? That, that'll definitely be the tough game, even though I was late to the party on the Lions. I'm okay with that. I have no problem admitting that. Uh, they're, they're, they're for real. Right, I mean, people are talking about them as one of the best three teams in the NFC, in the whole conference. So uh, you got to give them a lot of credit for what they've been able to do. So that's going to be a tough day out. Uh, but, you know, it is what it is. It's a Monday night football game as well. So you know it's going to be some prime time action. So it's going to have a little bit more juice to it. It's going to be at their place. So it's going to have a little bit more juice for it for them. So that's why this game coming up on Sunday against the Bears is so important for the Raiders to go in there and just handle their business. Like Vic said, Chicago's not very good. It's just that simple. They're not. And I'm not saying that the, the Raiders are fantastic, right? I mean, they haven't, just, they haven't beat anyone who's a contender, right? Anyone like the Buffalo Bills. They didn't beat the Chiefs. They didn't beat anyone like that, right? I mean, they, they, they beat the Broncos. They beat the Packers and the Patriots. None of those teams are, are very good. But, again, you beat the teams that you're supposed to. This one coming up on, Saturday, on Sunday, excuse me, Chicago Bears, it's not a very good one. That's one that the Raiders should win. 2.26 is the time. We'll come back. We'll get some calls. We'll get some texts. Uh, and uh, we got some more. We got some more sound as well uh, as we're here on Raider Nation Radio 920. That was the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Brought to you by Paul Padalaw. It's not about the injury. It's about the recovery. This podcast version of Unnecessary Roughness on LVSportsNetwork.com is brought to you by Porta Subs. Make sure you check out Porta Subs' six-foot party trays. They're perfect for game days. You'll get your choice of three made-to-order classic subs made with premium meats and cheese on your choice of fresh-baked bread, loaded with fresh veggies, toppings, and sauces. Game day six-foot trays serve 12 to 16 people, so you can sit back and enjoy the game. Available at all Las Vegas area Porta Subs, neighborhood sandwich shops, order ahead at PortaSubs.com. 
thought Brian did a very good job. The first third down in the game, he gets in there and completes a ball down the field. I think as a whole, offensively, we have to improve in the red area. That's a big goal for us this week moving forward. Um, and again, it's more execution-based. Penalties, missed opportunities, and getting ahead of the running game, and the unforced errors that we can control offensively. Nothing that the opponent really is doing to us. But overall, I thought Brian did a good job moving the football, got us in scoring range. But just as a whole, offensively, the red zone production needs to be better. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q, broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Mick Lombardi, Raiders offense defensive coordinator right there, talking about Brian Hoyer, who came in in the second half of the game last week against the Patriots and held off New England and helped the Raiders put a few points on the board and seal the deal on that victory. Jimmy G doesn't go on Sunday. It'll be either Hoyer or Aiden O'Connell, one of the two. We don't know as of yet, and I know Raider Nation is split on who they want to see, and that's fine. At some point, some point sooner rather than later, we'll know uh, exactly who's going to go, including if there's a possibility that Jimmy G goes. My gut feeling tells me he won't, but that's just my gut feeling. This is Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. My man Ari is in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. I'm in the home studio. like to call it Studio Q. I uh, want to reset the show after we uh, talked to Vic Tafer in the last segment. want to go and uh, reset the show question. What would you consider a successful, uh, successful season, and what is it you want to see this team accomplish the rest of the way as they're sitting there at 3-3 three and three after six weeks. They have 11 more games guaranteed and whatever else they earn. They get more games is because they earn it. Uh, got a text from my good friend uh, Pegleg Raider. Uh, he said, what up, Q? As, this is great. This is a great text. These are the kind of texts I love. What up, Q? As a retired soldier, I thought it was only fitting that the wife and I see a game at Soldier Field. Can you find out where the Raider Nation tailgate is at? Doesn't matter if it's Jimmy G, Aiden O'Connell, or Brian Hoyer. Silver and black all day. Just win, baby. That's from my guy, Peg Leg Raider. He's out in San Antonio, and that's awesome. And I love the way that he put that together. As a retired soldier, I thought it was only fitting that the wife and I go see a game at Soldier Field. And as I say all the time, and I don't say it enough, uh, thank you for your service. And thank all the uh, veterans out there and active military out there as well for their service. We definitely appreciate you. And like I said, we don't celebrate you enough. So uh, any chance that we get to do that, uh, we will. I know I will. That's for damn sure. And so, uh, yeah, Pegleg is a, is a frequent guest on the show, you know, among others. And so we definitely uh, appreciate all the, like I said, military, active military, and also veterans that do what they do to take care of people like me and you. So uh, definitely appreciate that. And there you go. You heard the man. Uh, wherever that uh, that big tailgate's going to be, let me know. 69187, keyword r and or don't text line. Let me know so I can pass the message on to Peg Lake Raider. I wanted to make sure him and the wife have a great time. Uh, I actually uh, met him in person in, uh, in Canton, Ohio, when Tom Flores was going into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. We went to uh, – we went to a little get-together there at, uh, at BJ's where Tom Flores was supposed to sign a couple autographs, maybe take a couple pictures. Really, it was just to celebrate Coach and the fact that he was going into the Hall of Fame. And I couldn't – I mean, I'm exaggerating, but 500 autographs later, Coach was still there, <laughs> right? And I say I'm exaggerating, not by a lot, right? <laughs> I mean, he was there, and you could tell when they – when they uh, took him out of BJ's, how tired he was and exhausted he was from signing all the autographs. But that just shows you uh, how much he loves Raider Nation and how much Raider Nation loved him, right? They were all out there. I mean, BJ's was overwhelmed. You couldn't find a place to sit down. There was standing room only, and that was barely any room. And I'll tell you, he signed every single person's autograph. He took every single picture with someone. And Peg Leg Raider actually got his Peg Leg autographed by the Pro Football Hall of Famer, 
Tom Flores. I thought that that was great. That was fantastic. I've actually been able to share that story with Coach Flores uh, before when he's been on the on the show to talk about the Tom Flores High School Football Coach of the Week Award that we do each and every week here on Radio Nation Radio 920. So I thought that was great. And you know the radio guy in me, the guy that's like, hey, I got to get some audio. I got to get an interview. I was like, man, I need to get Coach real quick. And then I saw how exhausted he was. I was like, yeah, you know what? I'll just go ahead and fall back, man. I ain't going to be that guy. He's already exhausted. He didn't sign 500 autographs, man. His arm is worn out. You know, he didn't smile for 500 pictures, whatever the case may be. And I'm up here thinking about an interview. (laughs) So at that point, I was like, I'm going to just go on and shut it on down, man. Let me get a beer. Let me shut it on down. So uh, that's how it went down. But, yeah, if you you know where the tailgate party is going to be in the shy – uh, at Soldier Field when uh, the Raiders take on the Bears coming up on uh, on Sunday. Definitely let us know about it so I can pass it on to not only Peg Leg Raider, but anyone who plans on making the trip out there for that game. I believe JT the Brick is going to be out there, and he'll probably be broadcasting somewhere live as well. So we'll update you on all of that. But uh, thank you, Peg Leg. It's always good to hear from you. Hopefully you and the family are doing really, really well. Again, I want to get back to the question I threw out there. What would you consider a successful season? What is it you want to see this team accomplish the rest of the way? Before we get to any phones or any more texts, I did want to pass along this sound that I heard from uh, Max Crosby. He was a guest on the Pat McAfee Show. Of course, it's on ESPN, so a lot of times when I'm sitting here in the home studio, I have ESPN on and I'm able to pay attention. And there was a lot of good sound bites that came from that show with Max Crosby on Pat McAfee. But I thought this one was pretty fitting because a lot of people call to this show, this very show here at 702-365-9200, and they dog the hell out of Coach McDaniels. And they say how this, that, and the other, right? And I don't need to repeat it. We all know what – we've all heard it. You know, a lot of us have said it. Not me, but a lot of people have said it. Well, I thought it was pretty cool what Max Crosby had to say about Coach McDaniels when it was asked about him from Pat McAfee. Yeah, you know, uh, I think Coach McDaniels has done an awesome job. You know, obviously – like you said, you can read all the headlines and the negativity and things like that. When you're losing, you know, that's what comes with it. So, you know, when you win football games, people start talking about the positive. So Coach McDaniels is with us every single day. He's consistent, and that's all you can ask for in a head coach. You know, every single day is the same guy. Um, you know, he's super hard on us, but we know what we want, and we know what we're trying to, you know, what brand of football we're trying to play, and I feel like we're getting closer and closer to that every single week. So, yeah, I think Coach McDaniels has done a, done a hell of a job, and, you know, guys love him, and uh, he's just – he's the same guy every day. And that's, you know, I could say it a million times, but it's really, you know, rare, you know, to have a head coach who's also calling the plays. But, you know, on top of it, he knows everything on the defense. He knows he's, like, a brilliant dude. So, um, yeah, I got a ton of respect for him. We have a great relationship. And, uh, you know, we just got to keep it rolling. We got Chicago Sunday, so we got to get another one. Just wanted to pass that on. I, no agenda, just wanted to pass that on. Thought that, you know, you hearing Max Crosby talk about the head coach of the Silver and Black would go a lot further than me talking about the head coach of the Silver and Black. Hear it from his mouth, not mine, right? I'm not in the locker room, but that's the leader of the team. That's the face of the franchise right now, Max Crosby. He is that guy. He is him. And uh, he just, about a minute, about 60 seconds of praises he had for head coach Josh McDaniel. So I just want to go ahead and pass that along. Now, getting back to uh, the topic that I had in hand, again, what would you consider a successful season? What is it you want to see this team accomplish the rest of the way? Keith in Sonora, California, said a successful season to me is 9 or 8 or 10 and 7, at least a winning season, even if they don't make the playoffs. Just beat the Bears, baby. That's Keith from Sonora. Thanks, Keith, for that text. I do appreciate you. And that's where I'm at, man. I'm like, you know, nine wins. You know, 10 wins, and I know that sounds like a lot. You know, when you only have 11 weeks left or 11 games left, it sounds like a lot. But, you know, you get on a little bit of a roll, you're going to have some tough teams down the stretch. But, I mean, you, you take it one week at a time. So I'm, I'm right there with you. Uh, I just want to see them on the right side of the, you know, the win column, right? The win column have more Ws than it has Ls. 
That's what I want to see. Last, last year, six wins uh, wasn't good enough. I'd like to see improvement off of that for sure. So thanks so much for that, Keith. I do appreciate you. Uh, Brad and Concord said, what would make this season successful? Playoffs, period. Just make the playoffs. I don't care how many wins it needs. Don't care if we're the last playoff seed or which quarterback it is. Just get there. We'll go from there after that. But we're all after. But after all we've been through, that is what I would consider a successful season. That's uh, Brad and Concord. Uh, got a text from Poncho. He said, I'm manifesting it, Q. Tyree Wilson gets two sacks against the Bears. Have you seen their offensive line? Sheesh. What an S show. That's from Poncho. And, yeah, their offensive line is a mess. And we'll talk to Courtney Cronin from ESPN coming up in about 20 minutes or so. And uh, we'll ask her about that offensive line. Saw some uh, videos where they were all over the place and they were basically blocking each other. Uh, didn't look very <laughs> didn't look very uh, cohesive unit. Uh, let's just put it like that. But, uh, hey, I have no, no room to talk bad about any team because, look, the Raiders have only won three. I know the Bears have only won one, but the Raiders have only won three. So, I mean, they can't go in there and think they're just going to dominate this team because they're not very good. They got to go in there. And take them seriously because they could bite them, bite them in the backside, and that's the last thing that any of us want to see happen come Sunday. Let's go down under. Let's go down under real quick. Let's talk to our guy, Cam. Whoa, Cam. Cam, welcome to the show. What's on your mind, Cam? Thank you. How are you, bro? Good to I talk to you. What's been going on? Oh, uh, you know, just a little something, something, a little talk here, a little talk there. That's all. You know, the usual. Oh, it mate. I'm hearing you. I tried to get on yesterday. I spoke to Ari, and it was just so busy, and everyone was ringing up. It's great to hear, mate. It's so good to hear how good the station's going. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate you. That's cool. Now, I haven't rung for a while because the NFL in Australia have decided to pass on the Game Pass app to an app called Dan's, and they are atrocious. I'll oh, say no. atrocious. I won't say what I really want to say. <laughs> I finally got to watch a game. So I got to see us beat the Patriots, and, oh, I've got to tell you, mate, beautiful, just beautiful. But I think, personally, just because I tried to call you yesterday, so I'll be quick, um, I think what we should do, if Jimmy can't go, is start with the AOC, and then... If he's no good, go to Hoyer. I just, I don't, I'm not sure if Aiden can come in after Hoyer as a backup. You know what I yeah. mean? I think yeah. we need to almost start him, if you know what I mean. Yeah. And secondly, that question of today, for me, after being so disappointed in the boys for most of the year, and mainly Josh, but I'm not going to have a go at the coach. I'm not going to, that's, that's the short end of the stick. But I would like, my successful year would be to at least beat the Chiefs once. Just Ooh. once, mate. Nice. I like it. I like it. That's good stuff. Beat the Chiefs. Yeah, beat the Chiefs. Beat them once. Hell, beat them twice. I ain't mad at it, man. Good call, Cam. Appreciate you. It's always good to hear from you. That goes, Cam. Whoa, Cam. Cam is on our line. Definitely appreciate Cam. Good stuff, my man. And, uh, yeah, I, I totally get that. You know, at some point, I don't know when it's going to be, but at some point, that's one. that's got to be the goal, right? I mean, I, I know that the, there's a bigger picture but you've got to find a way to get to a point where you consistently beat the Chiefs, right? Patrick Mahomes has the, a stellar record against the Raiders, right? I mean, stellar record against the Raiders. At some point, you know he ain't going nowhere no time soon. So they've got to find a way to consistently beat that team. I look at that team this year with the 5-1 and one record, and they're good. They just made a trade today from McCole Hardman, brought their guy back, right, after he signed a free agent deal with the Jets. 
it's funny. I was telling the producer from uh, ESPN National this morning. We meet every morning to talk about the show that's going to happen uh, that night. And I said, we need to have someone on to talk trade deadline. And she said, well, why do you say that? I said, I think the trade deadline is going to be busy. Um, and I said, for example, I think the Chiefs have to trade for someone. They need another weapon outside of Travis Kelsey. And then a couple hours later, all of a sudden, the tweet comes through from Adam Schefter that they're trading for McCole Hardman. And she immediately texted me and said, well, all right, I guess I'm on that. And I just I felt like they, they needed another weapon. And, you know, that's why I also brought up the conversation about the trade deadline on yesterday's show. Uh, I just think that it's going to be a very active trade deadline. And I was not shocked at all that the Chiefs went out and made a move because they, they see the big picture, what they want to do, right? Their successful season is not only getting to the playoffs but making a deep run and getting to the Super Bowl. There is nothing more than I would dread. I would dread, and we'll be there. We'll be there all week long covering the Super Bowl, but I will dread covering the Super Bowl here in Vegas. No one is going to get played in the Legion Stadium if those guys are in it. That's the last thing I want. That is, uh, that is like a, a, a nightmare. Right, And then on top of that, the second worst nightmare is the other team that there's a good chance that they could be there, the 49ers. The two teams I would hate to see, that would be the worst-case scenario. Could you imagine San Francisco and Kansas City in the Super Bowl in Vegas? You want to talk about a whole lot of suck. That would suck. And, look, we'll be there covering it all week long like we do. We've been to L.A. We've been to Phoenix. We'll be here. Next year we'll be on the road wherever it's at. I think it's New Orleans, whatever the case may be. Like, we'll be there. But, man, that is the last thing I could imagine. Hardcore call earlier and talked about the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. Could you imagine both those teams participating in the Super Bowl here in Vegas? That would be the ultimate no, no, no. (laughs) So don't do it. 244 is the time. Definitely appreciate the call, Cam. Appreciate all the feedback on the text line, 702-365-9200. And the don'tbebroke.com text line is 69187, keyword R&R. We'll come back. We'll close out hour number one. It's Radio Nation Radio 920. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. 249 is the time coming up at 3 o'clock. Courtney Cronin from ESPN will join us to talk all things Chicago Bears. The quarterback, give us a little bit of background, the offensive line, what's going on there. How about just the roller coaster of affairs that the Bears have had on and off the field so far this year? And look, it's only through six weeks so far. So we'll get all things Chicago Bears with Courtney Cronin from ESPN coming up in about 10 minutes. I threw the question out there, what would you consider a successful season? What is it you'd want to see this team accomplish the rest of the way? Jason in Maryland hit us up on the don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword R&R, that for some reason doesn't come to my text. It only goes to Ari's. It's the most bizarre thing ever, but definitely appreciate Ari, who's back at the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio, who's actually emailing me the text over, so I make sure I get them. Uh, two responses from Jason. He said, I'd like, to, I'd like them to get to a wild card, but it's going to be pretty much how I expected. I don't know how this team will get to eight, nine, or ten wins. I believe eight of the next 11 games are going to be tough, and that includes the Jets. They have a championship-level defense. Their offense won't have to do much to win unless this offense can figure it out. And I'll stop right there. And, yeah, I mean, that's, that's the thing. You're, you're absolutely right. I mean, the, the Jets, first of all, they have a stellar defense. I mean, they, they are one hell of a team. I mean, you got Chicago up this week, so you should, you should if you handle your business, pick up a dub. So that's four. And then, you know, like you said, the rest of the way, it's, it's tough, man. Detroit's tough. The, the Giants, they, they're not, you know, they're, I don't think they're as bad as their record. That's going to be a tough one, even though it's at the house, followed by the Jets at the house. Miami, you already know what the Dolphins are doing. Kansas City, you already know about Kansas City. Then you finally get into your bye week at week 13, and who knows where the team's at at that point. Come out of the bye week with Minnesota. You know, they're, they're tough. They just turn the ball over a lot. 
The Chargers, I feel like the Raiders always split with the Chargers. So since L.A. already won once, I feel like the Raiders will win that one. Kansas City again. The Colts, they have no Anthony Richardson. He's out for the season, so it'll be the Gardner Minshew show. And then Denver. And who knows what Denver is doing at that? Who knows who's even playing in Denver at that point? So I look at those last two games of the season. feel like that those are two that the Raiders could win. You know, if they pick up a win this week, that's only six. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's that's a that's, – it's, it's tough, man. Like I said, it, it's, it's tough to get to eight, nine – 10 wins with the games that they have left because you knew that this was going to be, you know, after a couple of these games that the Raiders have picked up dubs in, they were going to have a really harder part of their schedule. Uh, Also, Jason said, for this week's game, I think we should go with Hoyer. I don't think we have the luxury of trying to get AOC experience. Hoyer is is in his limited time showed me that that, – Wait, in his limited time, showed me he'll let his arm go. But his command of the offense and overall experience in the league is wide lean in his direction. We need, in all capitals, the win. And I, I uh, couldn't agree with you more. There's no doubt about it. The Raiders need this win because of everything I just said about the rest of the schedule. <laughs> right? So you got to win the games that you're supposed to win, and you're supposed to win this game against the Chicago Bears. Let's go out to the phone lines real quick. Talk to our guy, Gangster Raider. What's on your mind? Welcome to the show. Hey, what's happening, Q? Chilling. You said to me a successful season would be getting to the Super Bowl just because it's in Vegas. Even if we don't win it, just as long as we're the home team representing Vegas in the Super Bowl. To me, that's super. I mean, that's a successful season. Call me crazy or whatever, but that's just how I think. And to me, the greatest Super Bowl will be, to me, us against the Cowgirls and us winning. You know what I'm saying? But anyway, I I called to talk about something else. Okay. I'm worried about the Aces. You know what I'm saying? The Las Vegas Aces, they play tonight. Yep. I thought they were going to win it on um, Sunday. And my girl Chelsea Gray is out, and the other girl um, starter is out. So I'm a little bit worried. You know, I thought it was a um, foregone conclusion that my aces was going back to back, and I can clown these Sparks and Laker fans because you know they used to clown me for years about you know. But anyway, that's anyway. But I just I'm really worried about the Sparks. Do you think they can pull it out tonight? And is Chelsea Gray out for the season or whatever? What's what's up with that? And also, why don't more men? support women's sports because to me i love women and i love sports you put the two together i'm there you know what i'm saying so i don't <laughs> understand why more men don't support women's sports and also i used to um try to look for WNBA jerseys for me because i want to i want a chelsea gray jersey i wanted a um kansas parker jersey when she came to the aces and um the girl um wilson asia wilson but they don't make them for me i think that's stupid you know what i'm saying i think they Missing out on the whole market because I, I know it's other men not me that, like me that support women's sports, and I want to be able to get Aces jerseys for me to wear, but I can't find them nowhere. You know what I'm saying? What's up with that, Cleet? Uh, thank you for the call, my man. Definitely appreciate you. Maybe they have it in the Aces uh, Pro Shop. I actually have an Asia Wilson jersey in my closet, to be honest. Uh, it's going to be one that I put on my wall once I start start putting my little collections together. But, um, yeah, you know, it's funny that you mentioned that. There is a ton of support from men and in uh, big-time celebrities for the Aces. I mean, I can't say for every uh, WNBA franchise, but for the Aces, I mean, you go to T- uh, Michelob Ultra Arena and you'll see the place sold out. I mean, hell, LeBron James was, was uh, repping the Aces just the other day. Uh, Chelsea Gray is out this game for sure. Kia Stokes is out this game for sure. Uh, and then the final game of the year is on Friday if they have to have a game five. So hopefully they're able to come back. But, yeah, you should be concerned. Right, those are two big time players that the Aces don't have. But you want to talk about, and this is something I talked about on ESPN last night, real quick, and then we'll wrap up and get to Courtney Cronin. Uh, the most watched WNBA Finals through three games in twenty years is going on this year. It's up thirteen percent from the twenty twenty two WNBA Finals. Six hundred seventy three thousand people were watching the WNBA Finals uh, on Sunday. Remember what Sunday was? An NFL day. 
They went up against the NFL, and all those people were watching the Aces and the Liberty. So uh, there's a lot of support for the WNBA. It's only growing, but that's because the, the play on the court is fantastic. 255 is the time when we come back. Courtney Cronin will join us from ESPN to talk all things Chicago Bears. It's Raider Nation Radio 920. And thank you so much for listening to the podcast version of Unnecessary Roughness here on LVSportsNetwork.com, brought to you by Porta Subs.